Gold Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be discussing the NFL schedule release. So the NFL schedule was released last Thursday, as we all know. And there are some winners and losers, as always, from teams that really got it easy in this year's schedule. Uh, For teams that really seem to have one tough matchup after another, we'll discuss all of those. And we'll also discuss some week one defenses with good matchups that you should try to target in your fantasy drafts. We'll also end the show with some first half stars that we predicted or that we not predicted that we talked about or that we're going to talk about who performed really a lot better in the 2019 first half of the season than they did in the second half, whether it be for regression, whether it be because it's a fluke, we'll talk about all that and we'll decide whether it was regression or a fluke or whatever issues happened. Um, so Chris, I know I'm really excited to record. I've been struggling with my mic for hours with technical difficulties. Um, I had to use a substitute headset, so I'm sorry about my sound quality. But I'm still glad we were able to get rec- get recording and able to get this show out. Uh, I think we're going to put this out Tuesday morning, so mm-hmm. it won't be on Monday, but we're trying to get it out as early on Tuesday as possible. Yeah, it's just good to be talking fantasy. I mean, we've struggled for th- with this for multiple hours. I mean, our plan was for this episode to be out by Monday, but now it looks like it's gonna. You guys are gonna be seeing this Tuesday morning if you're watching them up to date. So here we go. Yeah, we're good. let's get started though. I'm just glad to be back here talking fantasy. So Chris and I have each put together two winners and two losers for teams that we thought uh, got it easy and got it tough in the NFL schedule. Um, and so Chris, we'll start with you. Who is your main one of your main winners uh, of the NFL schedule release? Yeah, so mine is going to be the Browns here. I think that the entire AFC North got a pretty easy schedule, but I really like the Browns schedule this year. The only two games I'm looking at is really tough are the Baltimore Ravens in weeks one and 14, and then maybe the Titans in week 13. But other than that, they're every team on this list, or maybe the Cowboys, every team other than the Cowboys, the Titans, and the Baltimore Ravens, I'd say are pretty beatable for the Browns. Obviously, we know that's not going to happen with how the Browns seasons have turned out lately. Mm-hmm. But I do really like their schedule from, like, how well I think other teams are going to do standpoint, not necessarily how the Browns are going to do. But this schedule will definitely help them. I mean, their matchups are just solid down the line. They've got a nice group in the middle where they got the Bengals, the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Jaguars in weeks uh, 7 through thir- or seven through 12. And so that really, I think, will – help them kind of boost their record, boost their confidence midway through the season. So that's why I have them as my first winner. Yeah, mine is the Ravens. And I feel like the Ravens, also another AFC North team, who got it really easy. For example, their last four games, four, weeks 14, 15, 16, are in the fantasy playoffs. That helps some Ravens players. Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Giants. Then they end the season with the Bengals. So that's just obviously really helpful for the Ravens to be able to, if they are somehow not almost clinched, if they if, if they have somehow not already clinched a playoff berth, that'll be helpful helpful for them to do so. They begin the season with the Browns and the Texans, have the Chiefs, so that's pretty tough. But then they got Redskins, Bengals, Eagles, and Steelers heading into the bye. Then afterwards, Colts, Patriots, before they face the Titans. So again, there's many teams on this schedule that the Ravens are probably really looking mm-hmm. forward to facing and 
probably demolishing next year. Yeah, as a fan, this is quite annoying because I'm someone that loves to see a new team every year. I don't like to see the same guys win every year. And though the Ravens didn't have a great – they actually had terrible playoffs for how they'd done in the regular season – I think that this is kind of annoying to see a Ravens team that has a strong possibility to be like the regular season champ in the NFL again, and it just boosts that entire team. So everyone on that offense, I think, is really boosted. Lamar Jackson won't have to worry too much. So this is all good for Ravens fans, not too great for an NFL fan. Yeah, I guess we've already seen uh, one great team that has already probably going to that is probably going to fall from their pedestal. Uh, the New England Patriots are mm-hmm. pro- pro- hopefully finally going to stop winning. Um, yeah, fans seems of the like, other thirty-one teams. Seems like a long time since I've. I don't think I've ever said that since I've been alive. Yeah, I don't think I think for as long as I've been alive, it definitely for as long as I've been following sports, the Patriots have been dominant. It's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so my, uh, actually, no, Chris, your second uh, schedule winner is uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers are a team that I was kind of trying to drift away from the AFC North here a little. I was struggling to look for some really good games. But the Chargers have a kind of a similar schedule to the uh, Browns and the Ravens. They play a lot of the AFC North teams. So they've got the Bengals week one. That's a great way to start it off. Then I think they're going to get a loss there at Kansas City in week two. They've got the Bucks, the Saints. The start of their schedule is a bit rough, but after that, it's Jets, Dolphins, Jags, Raiders, Broncos. And that's a section of the schedule that I think they can really take advantage. And then they ended off with weeks 14, 15, and 16. They've got the Falcons, Raiders, and Broncos. So that's good for Chargers players. They ended off with the Chiefs, but I don't think that obviously a lot of leagues don't play week 17. So I think that'll be fine for fantasy. So overall, I think that the Chargers got a good schedule. Yeah, for fantasy, obviously, we're glad that the week 17 game is getting left off. The Chargers, unfortunately, do not get to leave that game off. They don't just get to not play it. And also, Mm -hmm. fortunately for them, the only AFC North team they play is the Cincinnati Bengals which is mm-hmm. definitely the worst AFC North team. Um, my other schedule winner is the Indianapolis Colts. And again, I was trying to drift away from the AFC North. And when I looked at the Colts schedule, was, it was pretty crazy. I, 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 if I was a Colts fan, I would pretty much love this schedule. Uh, you start out with the Jaguars. You get the Vikings next, but you've got Bear, Jets, Bears, Bronco, or Browns, and Bengals into the bye week. Then starting out after the bye week with the Lions, you get to end the season with uh, Texans, Raiders, Texans again, Steelers, and Jacksonville. So that's not the best end of the season, but you're not really facing any two teams that are very tough. And I would argue that there's a good chance that none of those teams make the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. I think the Colts just have – they don't really have to play too many tough teams. They have a stretch where they play Ravens, Titans, and Packers, and Titans, which is pretty tough. But other than that, the only tough team I'm really seeing on their schedule is the Minnesota Vikings. So I think that this is a very favorable schedule for them, and they're a team that you should watch out for. Mm -hmm. I feel like – didn't they have a good schedule last year too? Yeah, I think they did. And I think this is good for the rookie Jonathan Taylor as well, just to have a nice, easy schedule. No one – too tough. I mean, you look down the list of a lot of the good teams that they're playing. None of them are known for their defense. I'd say most of them are known for their offense. The Titans have a solid defense. They're actually a defense that I like next year, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But the Packers, they're a mad defense. The Bears is falling apart. There's not a lot of huge defenses that I'm liking on the schedule, so I think that'll really support Jonathan Taylor. But I 
I can't decide what I think the Colts record will be. I I don't know if they'll be able to make the playoffs this year, but we'll see. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think if I just had to think look at right the outside. schedule, I would say they're not going to pull it off and they're going to go seven and nine, six and ten. I just feel like they're not good enough. And with, I mean, I say seven and nine or eight and eight. Yeah, probably more like seven and nine. Because I think that with Brissette, they did all right last year. They'll continue to be hovering right around. And obviously with that really easy division, I mean, the Titans sort of helped. This Titans sort of took the Texans' place as that team that goes nine and seven and wins the division. But you got the Jaguars and the uh, Texans down there. Four games that are very winnable for the Colts. Um, so, Chris, uh, I know your first loser is the uh, for the schedule is the New York Jets. Yeah, and the Jets, ugh, Adam Gase's next season is going to get even worse. I don't, I didn't think Adam Gase and the Jets could get any worse, but it looks like it's going to happen. I guess we're kind of known for hating on the Jets here on this podcast. Yeah, I, but, I think uh, Jets fans, I bet there's many Jets fans who were like starting to listen to this podcast and then they just quit. They're, and yeah. maybe in, even in the future too, if more decide to come. Jets fans, we have nothing against you. We only have things against your football team, your ownership, and your football coach. Wait, I thought we were leaving the if you're listening to this show references on the last podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that did get a bit tiresome after a while. If you want to know what we're talking about, go listen to the previous podcast that we made. But uh, we, yeah, that where was... we referenced many different players and coaches and fantasy analysts. And uh, basically, whenever we criticize someone, we had to... Um, reference them but yeah. that's not we're not gonna let that's that not the point of this today. episode anyways back to the Jets schedule they've got the Bills the 49ers and then the Colts those are all t- games that they're gonna lose I hate to say it the Broncos they're coming back with a nice offense that's a loss Cardinals loss got another new offense I'll give them a win at the Chargers I think that they'll be one in one and six yeah I think that'll be an upset and you know the Jets aren't a good team when you're saying upset against the Chargers. Yes. That's not a good thing to be saying. But then they also have the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Dolphins, who I think are getting a little better. And then they ended off with the – or not ended off. They actually have an okay end. But then they have week 14 as well against Seattle. That game against the Chiefs started off with the Niners. It's just a really unfavorable schedule for the Jets. Adam Gase, Le'Veon Bell, stay away from them. Or, well, not Adam Gase. Don't stay away from him in fantasy. I mean, if you can figure out a way to draft him, go ahead. But. I mean, some leagues draft coaches, but I would probably stay away from yeah, him. I, I don't know how you not. score coaches, but yeah. So I think uh, my early prediction, Jets will go 3-13. and 13. They'll get wins against the Chargers. They'll split against the Dolphins. And they'll get a surprise win against the Patriots in Week 17. The Patriots will lose in Week 17 for the second straight year. Um, mm-hmm. Always seems so, to happen. Yes, it, well, always for the past two years it has happened. <laughs> um, so my loser is the Patriots, and they are another AFC East team. The AFC East is really the AFC North of the losers in, for the NFL schedule because while the AFC North got a really soft schedule, AFC East, not so much. Patriots get to start out the season with the Dolphins, who are improved, but they'll probably be struggling to get it together in week one. Seahawks, that's a tough game, obviously. Raiders, uh, pretty easy. Then you got Chiefs, that's tough. Broncos into the bye. But here's where it really gets tough. You got 49ers, Bills, and Ravens in three of the next four games. Uh, you end the season with a Week 16 matchup against the Bills. 
You got Rams in week 14, Cardinals in week 12. So, I mean, there are some games sprinkled in there that are very winnable against the Jets twice, obviously. Dolphins twice could be one against the Broncos. But I think, and it's not the toughest schedule ever, but it is pretty tough. And you've got your share, fair share of teams like the Bills twice, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Ravens, that are all very formidable and that should worry, uh, the Chiefs, uh, that should definitely worry uh, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, no. I was thinking the Ravens, Bill Belichick, and the rest of the Patriots as they mm-hmm. move on from Brady. Yeah, um, what do you think this means for the Brady, uh, Brady-less Patriots next year? I mean, they're a really interesting team because we don't know what that situation is going to look like in New England. Yeah, I'm just running down the schedule right now. Let's go with Belichick's going to get them to 7-9 or 6-10. and 10. I just think they're not very good. The, the coaching, we're, here's what we're going to see. We're really going to see if it was more Brady or more Belichick who was carrying the team. And I think it was a little bit of both because a lot of people will think, oh, the Patriots are going to go 4-12 and 12 without Brady. But I think that's discounting that Belichick's going to get them two or three extra wins. And I think Julian so. Edelman is still a very serviceable receiver. They've still got a – people don't think about their defense a lot. I think that – they really are fo- so zoned in on the fact that Tom Brady's leaving that they don't realize that they have one of the best offenses of the decades. So I think that's just – I mean, not best offensive, excuse me, <laughs> best defenses. So I think that's really – I think there's still a chance for them maybe to even hit that 500 mark next year. We'll see. We'll see what Belichick can do. I think Belichick gets the best out of his defenses, and uh, mm-hmm. that, I think that helped them, especially in fantasy last year. But the Patriots had a very easy schedule last year. That has now changed. Um, Chris, do you know you've got the Falcons as your second loser? Yeah, the Falcons, they're another team with a tough schedule, but I, I just don't see it working out with them. I mean, they start the year off with games against the Cowboys and the Seahawks, week one Seahawks, week two Cowboys. And those are definitely both losses. And it's never good to start off the season with losses. It just slows down your momentum. And then eventually they'll hit the Packers in week four, Vikings in week six. Those are more roadblocks. And then they've had a nice little stretch where they play the Lions, the Panthers, and then the Broncos. But then it's back and turned on for them. They've got the Saints twice in the next uh, three weeks after that. Then they have the Bucks later in the season in week 15. And then the Chiefs in week 16, ending it off with the Bucks. I mean, this – I think I'm going to have to say this is the worst schedule in the NFL. That end with Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks, or actually – let me read you the la- week 11 through 17, Calvin. You can just realize how bad this is. Yes. Week 11, Saints. Week 12, Raiders, which is a win, maybe. Saints, Chargers, Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks. That is – that's awful. Oh, man, the Falcons. That's tough. That is very tough. Yeah, they, that's going to hurt their playoff chances for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening this year. I do think that Matt Ryan still has some kind of fantasy value, though especially with Todd Gurley there to mm-hmm. um, run the ball better than Devontae Freeman did, hopefully. And this is my, – mine is the Giants. And the Giants don't have the toughest schedule in the league. I think they've got a very tough very tough schedule, and it's one of the toughest. But I think they just will never really be able to get a rhythm going in the season. The Steelers can be tough even when they're not the best team. So I would maybe predict a loss there. And then you've got the Bears. Maybe that's pretty winnable. Then you get 49ers, which is a sure loss. Rams, that's a really tough game, I feel like, for a Giants team that is still in rebuild. Then you got the Cowboys, which is another tough divisional game. The Redskins probably can be counted out, but it's still in the division. 
Eagles and Buccaneers next two games. Eagles, very tough divisional opponent. Redskins again, but then you got the Eagles again. And this is like divisional matchups that Giants-Eagles games are always very tough. And it's always very tough for both teams. It's a slog, and you can never guarantee which team will really win. After the bye, you got a cakewalk with the Bengals. Then Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, might not, they might not win, Ravens, and Cowboys. But having Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, Cowboys in four of your last five games really diminishes the ch- already low chances of the Giants making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I do think the only game that I would disagree with you here is the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. I think that's going to be an interesting one. It's on Monday night, actually, at 7.15. And that game with a th- – Ben Roethlisberger coming off an injury. I mean, he's not going to have played in an NFL game since the beginning of 2019. I think that there's a chance for the Giants to sneak in a win. And, I mean, Danny Dimes is known to step up in those clutch games. He came back in that game against the Bucks last year. So I think there's a chance for an upset there. And I think that's one of the games that I'm actually quite excited to watch, even if I don't think that the Giants and Steelers have too high of playoff hopes next year. Yeah, I actually think that now that I think about it, it could be a pretty interesting game. Just the Steelers can't be counted out, but I think Roethlisberger probably will be rusty coming back, possibly with a shortened preseason as well. And so we've got some week one defenses that we pulled up with good matchups. So we got four defenses that and we didn't include like the terrible ones, obviously, like um we, we didn't include the really bad ones that you would never consider streaming. But we got four that maybe you would want to draft. Mm-hmm. Actually, three of them. One of them you probably won't get in the last round of your draft. But the other three are defenses that will drop that you can get late that have good week one matchups if you're planning to stream mm-hmm. defenses. Yeah, so as a, if, if you don't know, streaming defenses is actually a really good strategy. So basically what you do is you pick the defenses with the best matchups off the waiver wire. And then you just keep on swapping them in and out, like off the waiver wire for whatever matchup is it is because defense is obviously so reliant on what the matchup is. I mean, obviously you can stick with the 49ers defense all year and that's going to be good for you. But if they have a tough game, there's not much you can do. Or well, you could still pick up someone, but for the most part, you're going to be rolling with the 49ers. And it's nice to be able to have an options to switch it up depending on whether you not or not you like the matchup. And there's always going to be a team with a good matchup left on the waiver wire for defenses. So that's a really good strategy. Yeah, I think getting elite defenses, if you that can work sometimes. But then there's the more extreme examples of seasons where the top three defenses, Patriots, 49ers, and Steelers, were all on the waiver wire. The Patriots may not have been in your league, but they were definitely in some. 49ers and Steelers, I know were on the waiver wire. So that was that 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 can happen sometimes. And I'm not saying that's gonna happen this year. It might happen this year. It's one of the most extreme examples. So if you're not willing to take that risk on an elite defense like the Bears, who were la- last year's clear number one defense, you had to draft pretty early, and then they dropped off a lot. So mm-hmm. I think if you're not willing to take that risk, streaming defenses can be a good strategy. And then maybe you'll get an elite defense like the 49ers or the Steelers yeah. where you can just start them for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, so the first defense we had is the Philadelphia Eagles and they're playing the Redskins week one Sunday at 1 PM. The Eagles, I think their defense has holes, but Chris, I think they have a potential in the potential in this matchup against the Redskins team that really didn't add that many new weapons this off season. Yeah, the Redskins' offense is just not good. And uh, I just don't see anything coming out of that game against the Eagles. So 
the Eagles defense, I think is actually a good streaming option for week one. You can draft them. And then if you want to play that waiver wire game, which I actually quite enjoy, then that's a good place to start. They're a good place to look. I mean, they're, they will, uh, I don't want to say they'll definitely be available, but there's a very good chance that they will. So always be looking out for teams like that. And I think the Redskins against the Redskins is one that you can count on being a good game for the Eagles. Yeah, I think um, it's it's so dependent on matchups for sure. And the Eagles are definitely a defense you can get in the very last round. And if you want to spend your time on other positions, you can wait on defense for sure. This defense you may not be able to get the last round, but probably in the last two. It's the Indianapolis Colts. Um, They're playing the Jaguars on Sunday at 1. And the Jaguars aren't too bad of an offense. I just don't think with only DJ Chark – actually, no, they added LaVisca Chenault, I believe, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So um, with the only DJ Chark and a rookie wide receiver, I don't think they're a good offense, but I mean, obviously they have Fournette as well. I don't think they'll be able to, they're not the type of offense that really puts up prolific numbers. They just, their offense can do what it takes to win. But I feel like I don't really know if they aren't, they're the, the type of big game team. And with the Colts having a slightly above average defense, I think that they'll be able to prevent the Jaguars enough to make that a decent streaming often, option. It might not be your best option, but I'm okay with it week one if worse comes to worse. Yeah, I mean, if someone's stealing like the Eagles or who we've got next, actually this will segue into the Titans. If someone has those defenses gone, the Colts are a good place to look. I don't think they're necessarily the best case, but – they are a solid backup if you kind of find yourself in a sticky situation. So next we've got the Titans, like I just said. They're playing the Broncos on Monday Night Football. I think this is the 10 o'clock game, the later of the two Monday Night games on in the first week of the season. And the Titans are already a team that I like, and I won't necessarily say that this is the greatest matchup, but I do think it is a good matchup just because the Broncos are so young. There's going to be a shortened preseason most likely due to the coronavirus. It's going to be tough to kind of – meet with your teammates, develop that chemistry because you can't see everyone. I mean, so I think that this will favor the Titans defense and they're not a defense that you're going to find in the last round, but maybe the second to last or the third to last is a place to start looking at them, especially if defenses start to fly off the board and you're kind of left watching all of them go away. You can look for the Titans and they'll hopefully be there for you. And I do really like them this year. I think they're that 49ers kind of type defense. I really like Kevin Byard, the safety. I think he's going to really help that defense. And they have a solid defensive line and linebacking linebacker core. So I think that'll help them going into the season and against this Broncos team. Yeah, I do like the Titans as a streaming option. The last one isn't really a streaming option. The Bills are considered one of the elite defenses next year. But they've got the Jets and Adam Gase's team, um, who is really planning to use Le'Veon Bell somehow even less next year. Yeah, but I crazy. think Yeah, it just is. It was right after we recorded the last week's podcast, too, where um, we did criticize Adam Gase. And so we saw this news where it's like Adam Gase plans to use Le'Veon Bell in a one-two punch. And I just, like, gr- inwardly groaned when I saw that because, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, that, that's just crazy. But the Bills are a defense you can't get in the last round. But if you're looking for an elite defense, they're not too bad of a choice if you're looking at week one matchups. I know mm-hmm. last year um, I drafted the Houston Texans as my defense, and I didn't really – I was like, oh, week one they play the Saints. Who cares? They'll figure it out. First of all, they weren't even good a good defense. And second, they did not figure it out against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they I think I started them that week and they got negative points. So 
Did not yeah. work out. I feel like we find a way to criticize Adam Gase almost every segment, Calvin. Okay, we'll try not to. Yeah, well, Adam Gase is the only person on this episode that we can say, sorry, if you're watching this, you're a good coach. Just, we don't think you're the greatest by NFL standards. Yeah, it's the one where actually we need to put in some, if you're listening to this show. A disclaimer for Adam Gase. Disclaimer, if you are Adam Gase, you may not want to listen to this show. Yeah. But actually, if you want to tell all your friends about it, I Go mean, ahead. we and then we don't want to really be missing that one download each episode. So, uh, maybe we'll try. It's if we fine, try to Adam. Adam, Adam you, can, you can reach out to us. You can come on the show and explain to us why you think your offensive I'm, philosophy works. I mean, I know you're you're definitely way smarter than like us, and I know it's easy to just be a coach like talking on a podcast, like a uh, Monday morning coach instead of a Monday morning quarterback. But like, it's just um. It, like, I think that it's, it's, yeah, if you want to come on the show, we know you're way smarter than us, and you know you're way smarter than mo- almost everyone in the football world. Uh, it's just out of the coaches, uh, I think we there are coaches with better philosophies. Mm-hmm. In our opinion. In I our mean, opinion. I don't know if we go ask all the owners and they'd say that Adam Gase is the best coach in the NFL, but maybe the Jets owner would, but I mean, we'll respect you never know. Team. Anyways, let's move on to this the next segment which is games circled on your calendar i'm actually really excited for this one what do you think calvin who's your what's your first game that you're super excited for um i am excited for the ravens and the chiefs week three monday night football at arrowhead (laughs) stadium in kansas city we've got lamar jackson versus patrick mahomes the two best quarterbacks in the league facing off uh one both have rushing ability one doesn't utilize it as much one is a better passer there's going to be offense. There's going to be tons of scoring. And I that is a game that's circled on my Juicy. calendar. I'm going to be all in this. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a good one. I mean, that's a – oh, sorry. I accidentally muted myself. But that is a possible <laughs> title game uh, matchup. I think that it could be an early season preview of two of the top teams. I Actually, I will say it will be an early season preview – of two of the top teams. I mean, the Ravens are just loaded on offense. And then obviously of the Chiefs Super Bowl champs, who I think are even more loaded. I mean, they've got Patrick Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Now they've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire to watch. I think it's going to be great to see how Clyde Edwards Hilaire does against an elite defense in the Ravens. If overall, this is just on Monday night. Man, I'm so excited for that one, Calvin. Yeah, no, the AFC title game preview for sure. Um, Chris, I know you've got. Saints versus Bucks week one. Um, I do mm. like this game as well. Yeah, I love to see the old guys go at it, the veterans. Tom Brady, obviously, I think many of us would agree he is the GOAT. First, Drew Brees, who I think is right there. I mean, he's a really good quarterback, and I think that he's kind of – he's not as recognized just because there's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in this decade. But I think Michael – or not Michael Thomas, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in a while, and – he is so consistent, and he's always been a good passer. He has weapons like Michael Thomas, which really supports him, and I think this will be just an offensive-filled game. And obviously, you'd love to see Tom Brady wearing that Bucks uniform in week one. That's just going to be a, a nice sight for all of us non-Patriots fans. Yeah. It'll so I think be that'll be fun to watch. Kind of a funny sight, too, changing from blue to red. Mm-hmm. Um now, my, one of my games circled on my calendar is a game that we've only seen twice before in the Tom Brady era. Week six, 
Packers versus Buccaneers, Brady versus Rodgers. They are each one and one against each other. So this is the rubber match, the third game to determine not who is the better quarterback, but who can do better against the other. So uh, as I said, each one win. Week six, we'll see who has two. I definitely really like this game. Packers also loaded on offense with Aaron Jones. Not the best receivers, but Rodgers definitely can support a team for mm-hmm. a couple I mean, Devontae Adams is nice, but other than that, they don't have much of a team to support Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. But I do like, actually, Alan Lazard next year. So, you know, it'd be kind of funny if it was like if Rodgers was hurt or benched in week six. There's no chance he gets benched. He can support a team for a couple more years. And you got Jordan Love in this game against Brady. Ugh, I, I wouldn't even watch it then. I can't stand to see them bench Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love. Or if he got hurt. I mean, imagine if they benched him. There, Not only did they draft a quarterback like a couple years early. I understand the philosophy of getting an, a quarterback like as insurance. But I feel like Rodgers can play like three more years. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can get one a year or two from now. And a year or two of development should be the same as like three or it four. It seems kind of like the right pick maybe in – one or two years, depending on how this year goes for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but it might work out. Maybe Jordan Love needed three years of development, and then he mm-hmm. becomes a star. That's or maybe Aaron Rodgers gets bad all of a sudden, and then Jordan <laughs> Love is just the next Patrick Mahomes. You never know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has been – it seems like Aaron Rodgers is regressing faster than he actually is because he doesn't have any weapons because um, it's, he has, his numbers have been going down, obviously, but it's not entirely his fault. And mm-hmm. uh, the Packers have relied on him just just carry a team for his entire career. Uh, Chris, I know you've got um, another matchup that might be confusing to some people. The um, exact opposite, kind of, I think, from Brady versus Rodgers. We've got Tua versus Burrow. It's the new school, <laughs> kids. Tua Tagovailoa, I really hope he plays because that's why – I have a big circle around it with one of those little stars where you read at the bottom of the book and it says, if Tua plays, because this game could be really interesting. I think Joe Burrow will most likely be playing. It is week 13, though, so that gives some time for Ryan Fitzpatrick to show that he's not that good and for Tua to step in and take care of that Dolphins offense for the rest of the year. So I think that this could be a really fun game to watch just because rookies are always fun to see them go at it head-to-head, and these two teams are bad, so it should be pretty equally balanced. <laughs> equally bad. Um, I don't know about you. I actually circled this game wanting to see Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, <laughs> so, we'll go to my final game um, circled on my calendar. And this is an interesting one. Seahawks versus 49ers in week 17. This game might seem like an ordinary game, except it's two elite teams slugging it out in the final game of the season. This might be for the division. At least it's probably going to be for a first round buy in the NFC. I might see this. It's possible the Saints are the one seed and these two teams slugging are slugging it out for the two. Oh wait, no, there's only one first round buy now because there's seven teams. No, not this year. In a few years. No, yes, this year. I'm pretty oh, really? sure. I think so. Um, let me go check. I thought I didn't think it was this year, but then I saw I think it was. Um, yeah, the new CBA. If you didn't hear, you can learn a lot more about that on. I think it might have been our episode three or episode four. Episode I want to say four, I believe. Yeah. So if you want to go hear a lot more about that, we actually talk about it in the beginning of that podcast. I think maybe five minutes in, five ten minutes in. So you can listen to that. There's a lot of new things that are going on. It's actually 
better for fantasy with that extra game. I mean, we always love to have those extra, that extra week of fantasy football and just regular football. More teams are being added to the playoffs. So I think that'll be really interesting. And Calvin's about to tell us when that all starts. Um, so, yeah, the, the game next game in the regular season, that'll probably start – the extra game in the regular season, that'll start in probably a year or th- two or three. The new playoff format does go into effect immediately. So only nice. the top seed will get a first-round bye. So this it's possible that this game is not for a first-round bye. It may be for the division. It may be, like – um, there, there's possible there's like the fifth seed is a team that like somehow didn't win their division that is like really great because actually wait I believe if the wh- whatever team loses if it's for the division would be like the fifth seed mm-hmm. yeah so yeah um, it's complicated this is a this is a crazy new thing for us football fans that have been watching for the past few years we're so used to one thing and now changes sometimes I guess this is a change for the better now yeah, I mean, you might see more people, players resting in week 17 with less first round buys to go for. So that's why we have switched our league. Last year, we actually played in week 17. We have switched after the team with Lamar Jackson had him sit out week 17 and lost the championship. Um, so that was pretty disappointing for them. So, but we have switched to a 16 week league in our league with week 17 being unused. And we recommend that you guys do that too. It's one game less of fantasy but I feel like it's that week 17 can be very mm-hmm. annoying. It leaves that competitiveness, and you don't want to have to be deciding who's going to be sitting out and guessing how long someone's going to be sitting out in your fantasy championship. I mean, that kind of just – it's like a cli- it's like a bad climax in a book. I keep on coming back to book references, but uh, <laughs> you never want that. You just want it to be all out, best team, have their best games. That's what you want in a fantasy championship. And week 17 can't get, really give that to you. Yeah, imagine if teams start resting players like two games in advance. Ugh. Oh my goodness! Don't it's like discuss it. we have uh, clinched the playoff berth in week thirteen, so we're not playing anymore. <laughs> um, Gus Edwards, good ad for the Ravens. Actually, no, I would be J.K. Dobbins if they sat Ingram, unless they sat Ingram and Dobbins. Maybe they sit the backups for the final two weeks and play the third stringers. Yeah, but um, <laughs> RG three sat down for rest until the playoffs. Um, yep. Okay. Anyways, enough with talking about RG3. Chiefs versus Saints, I've got as the final game circled on my calendar. I think this is my Super Bowl preview. It's the old school versus the new school. Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are lining up against that. Really, I think that's a saw. I think both teams have a similar defense, but their offenses are just star studded. I mean, the Saints have. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. And then you look at the Chiefs who have uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Damian Williams, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. It's just – this is going to be an offensive matchup. This would be such a fun Super Bowl matchup. This would be one of those that goes to 45-40. I mean, that's the kind of game that it feels like it could be. So I think this is a really good game that you should look out for as the season gets more towards the very final new school games. game versus old new school versus old school new but, school versus old school ah uh we'll go to first half stars um so we have put together some stars at each position who played well in the first half and then maybe not so in the second either via injury regression or a fluke we'll decide mm-hmm. which or extenuating circumstances 
Uh, but we actually got one dud at each position as well. So we'll start with quarterback. And our first first half star is Matthew Stafford. And I think Matthew Stafford was really blowing up last year, but then his back injuries came back to haunt, haunt him once again. Um, I believe he got hurt during week nine or no, it looks like, no, actually in week 10, I think after week nine, I think he got hurt. And then his back was flaring up and he was not able to play the next week. But he was absolutely blowing up in the start of the season. He was doing absolutely amazing. Um, started out the season, I think he had four 300-yard games in the first nine weeks. So, And then one game with 291 yards. So he was – he's if he's on the field, I feel like he's a top-10 guy. But I feel like, Chris, and I don't know if you agree, is the injury risk – I feel like the injury risk for him is too much for me to consider drafting him, especially since he might shoot up draft boards later this summer. Yeah, I mean, this is a really tough pick for me because I actually – Calvin, you're the first person to tell me about – all these stats because I think I didn't really realize it with this back injury, but I mean, he was really good. Like, so if he could, could keep this up, he would definitely be maybe even a top five fantasy quarterback. Yeah. That's I just a don't bold prediction, but I think the injury risk is so huge. And I mean, he's getting older, but I think having Kenny Galladay there, he's a good guy to maybe pick up as a backup. If you are really, if you're kind of stuck on a pick, you don't feel like you're getting good value by picking a running back or a wide receiver, maybe look to Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's a guy that could blow up and maybe take someone's – take your – if you have a quarterback that's not – you don't trust too much, say like Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford, that's a good combo because I think one of those guys is going to have a really good season. So he's definitely a guy to look out for in the draft. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's 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 just – I think the hype is going to be too big for him. Another guy who was really good, Deshaun Watson, was actually first in fantasy points weeks one through eight for quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson had only played seven games because of a bye week. Um, so Deshaun Watson, I guess he sort of did regress. I think he finished at number four or something. So he definitely did regress later in the season. Um, I think he's still a top five guy for me. I put Kyler at number six because of his bad end to the season. I didn't think he ended the season too well. But um, Deshaun Watson is my number five guy. Uh, I think he's borderline top five, but I don't I don't love him next year. And I think the hype might be too good for someone who plays like Mahomes but doesn't have the weapons that Mahomes does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that he could be good. I think we'll see maybe a few flashes of that week one through eight potential that he does have. But without DeAndre Hopkins, I, there's no way he can be consistent enough against some of the top defenses. They're going to be able to bring a lot of pressure a lot of blitzes just because the receivers aren't that good. And while Josh Allen can't escape that, I mean, eventually they're going to get to you and then it puts some pressure on you and then you stop making the throws that you used to be able to make. So I don't think that it'll turn out too well for him. I actually would have Kyler Murray ahead of him, Calvin. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can have this debate um, for sure. I think early July is when we will start doing our positional previews. Mm-hmm. Um, Look out so, for those. Those are going to be fun. Yeah. So now we got our first half dud. Um, and that is Josh Allen. And Chris, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know he was this low. He played, Josh Allen played seven games if through weeks one through eight because he had a bye. But he was QB 18 in weeks one through eight. So a mid-tier QB two, and he really turned it on in the second half, which is, I guess, should, can you put a guy in the first half stars and the second half stars episode? Because if so, he might be back next week. Mm-hmm. I um, think maybe it was a bad idea to include these duds because we might have to put them in unless they – 
were just a dud, and then they were even worse the second half. But, I mean, Josh Allen, you Wait. might get to hear some more analysis on him next episode. Actually, yeah, hold on one second. I think this was a mistake to include the duds because I think I was thinking when I was like, let's do some duds. It's like, oh, guys who were busts in the first half. And then I didn't comprehend that that means that they were probably better in mm-hmm. the second yeah, half. Yeah, it probably means that they were better in the second half. Okay, so we won't talk about this is sort of a preview of next week's episode. We'll talk about different guys next week, but we'll oh, we'll man. we'll list them but as kind of a sneak preview, but we won't go full on analysis about them. How about that? Mm-hmm. I feel like sneak preview. Why don't we just analyze? I'm gonna we'll miss some of these yeah, duds sure. though. Oh, I kinda want I wanna include them in the episode next week. Um we'll so. we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do it. it we'll do it. We will do it because that was the plan, and uh, I feel like we should do it. So, unless Chris really doesn't want to do it, he's, like, furious that we're doing these duds. Uh, but Josh Allen, I think he really turned it on next in the second half of the season, and his rushing ability really keeps him – I have him in top as a top seven QB. He's number seven for me. So, I'm really happy about – I'd be really happy mm-hmm. if I got him. I just yeah. think his st- schedule is really tough after the his bye week, but it's – um. I think other than that, I think his rushing ability sort of makes him be able to contribute even against bad or tough defenses. Yeah, and in your fantasy drafts, it really seems that Josh Allen is starting to rise up a lot of people's boards. So you've got to keep an eye on him as if he's one of those elite QBs because I think you're going to see him go a lot earlier than you were expecting. And if you were banking on him being there in the later rounds, you're not going to be too happy with how it turns out because I've heard a lot of buzz about a lot of people liking him. So you never know. Yes, including me. But um I do I do love him. Uh running back. Uh so we'll start out. We got running back. We got three running backs who are um first half stars for fantasy. And um the first running back is Austin Eckler, who was the number four running back, weeks one through eight. He actually finished as the number six, I think, in half PPR. And this is no surprise really, because I think with Melvin Gordon out for most or all of these weeks, Eckler really had a chance. Or no, Gordon played 12 games, so Eckler played four of these without him. But he it's no surprise, really, that his best games were those first four without Gordon. Although I was happy to still see him produce even afterwards, because I think that implies that with Gordon gone, he may have some a, a very good fantasy value next year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you want to move on to our second first half star, which is Nick Chubb. All right. Number five weeks, one through eight, he was. I mean, and he only played seven games because he did have a bye. And I mean, I don't think people really can. It's kind of tough to think about comparing like someone who played eight games versus seven games because of the bye, but there's a big difference there. And he only played seven and still ended up number five. I mean, he was doing so well. And it's not necessarily that he did terrible in the second half either, it's just that he was amazing in the first half. Like I said, number five. And so I think that he's a guy that's really going to carry that first half momentum into next year. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be number five, but I think he has a good chance to be really good. I think that Brown's offense has really improved. And maybe Baker Mayfield will do a little better in his 
junior year. I feel like Kareem Hunt really did chip in Chubb's value, though, last year. And I think with the addition of Kevin Stefanski as a coach, they will be more run first in Cleveland. And Chubb may – the main thing that was hit besides his receptions were really his touchdowns, which went down a lot. But I think with Stefanski as coach, I think he'll get more rushing touchdowns, and that might help him. I don't think he'll be number five like he was weeks one through eight. But I think it won't be as bad as people think because uh, the rushing touchdowns, I believe, will increase. And now uh, one that kind of surprised me, but then again, it didn't. Latavius Murray was the number 16 RB with week through weeks one through eight. He had like two games where he absolutely exploded. He averaged 11.6 points per game. Alvin Kamara played in six of eight of those games and was RB 15, one ahead of Latavius Murray. Um, and so, Chris, I know you like Latavius Murray next year, so we'll go to mm-hmm. you. What do you? Uh, yeah, do you I mean, like? Latavius Murray is a guy that I was finding is like a RB40. I mean, and that that's kind of crazy to me. I was finding him in Alexander Madison range, and I think he's way above there. I think that he has the potential to almost – he has a, the potential to take almost, I think, up to 40% or maybe even push on to that 50% mark of Alvin Kamara in the running game, not necessarily – the passing game. I think the passing game will be controlled mainly by Kamara, but I do think that Latavius Murray has a really good chance to be great, and I think that that number 16 RB proves what he can do, as Calvin waves something in my face just like I did last time to him during the episode. But anyways, I do think that he has a really good chance to do what he did in weeks one through eight, not necessarily on a consistent basis, but I think that he could definitely do that part of the time. Alvin Kamara, He's just, every year he just seems to be getting a lot worse. So I don't know if I necessarily love him as a running back. And so I think that really boosts Latavius Murray. How can you concentrate while waving things in my face at the same time? Okay, we need to stop this. (laughs) We're going back to- making our own podcast worse by trying to annoy each other. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is not, um, I'm, I, I just- I don't know. Okay, let's it, just move on. I'm able Done. to – I realized when listening to the last podcast that I covered up the fact that Chris was waving stuff in my face a lot worse than I thought I did. So um, that might not be too good. Uh, Latavius Murray, I don't love him as much as you do. And I just feel like since Alvin Kamara doesn't get too, hurt too much, I don't know if he'll be able to get the full touches that – he could use and if he got them I do like him because I think he's a talented guy but I do like also a guy like Alexander Madison who Dalvin Cook has high injury risk and Alexander Madison is very talented making him uh, one of the top handcuffs and so this dud I really wanted to save till next week why why did I think that this was a good idea um suggesting duds uh wait maybe we should just I feel like we should save this one Calvin, this is the one we're going to say. We're going to tell people to go check out the second half stars to find out who the first half dud was, okay? Okay. Actually, we, I think we, we've got enough time on this podcast anyway. We will save the dud. This is, this is the special guy. This is the guy that you will find about next week. Yes. Yeah, so come back and listen next week for the duds at every – actually, let's just do – come back and listen next week for the duds at every other position. Um, we'll give you Josh Allen as a sneak preview. Um. So that basically the dud, it's uh they performed badly in the first half, but most of these guys performed well in the second half. And so I think we're gonna talk about most of them or maybe even all next week. Um, so except Josh Allen, obviously. So he was a sneak preview. 
um, you'll find out about these guys. So we'll move to wide receiver stars. And so we'll get um, start out with Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup was absolutely insane at the start of last year, just racking up yards, racking up touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. And I think it was yeah. the number two wide receiver through weeks one through eight. So yeah. um, he sort of cooled off in the second half a little bit. But I think that the target share, while it was decreased a little with Tyler Higby coming back, was still there enough to where I can be confident enough that um, his talent will get him enough targets to be fantasy mm-hmm. relevant. Yeah, and I think he's going a little bit too late in drafts. He's a guy that I've been picking up very happily as my wide receiver too. I mean, if you had to and you were really running back heavy – Cooper Cup could definitely pass as a wide receiver one. I mean, he's definitely not one of the top ones, but he could pass. And so I think that that number two ranking for half of the season shows the potential he has. And we'll see how that Rams offense shakes out. But I think that he's Jared Goff's favorite target, and he's one of the best deep threats in the league. So I think he has a good chance to really retain that first half stardom that he had. Yeah, it's just crazy looking at his stat line. I think he had 220 yards in one game. This is crazy to see any wide receiver when they get more than 200 yards in a game. But mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, yeah, it's just I have I slid him in my rankings as wide receiver 12, so right in the back end of that tier. So uh, I'm ha- I'd be happy with him as a wide receiver one because I go more running back heavy. So um, I pr- I usually do go more running back heavy in drafts. Um, but the next guy is DJ Chark. And DJ Chark did cool off a little bit in the second half. But he was – it was mostly because he was so prolific in the first half. And I think he slotted in as a little mid, maybe slightly past mid-level wide receiver too, depending on the contributions of LaVisca Chenault. So I think uh, – Chris, what do you think about DJ Chark uh, next year? Yeah, I think DJ Chark is good. I actually don't really love him next year. I just don't think that that situation is very good for him. I think that we saw him cool off because we saw that offense cool off. I think they actually started out better when Nick Foles was there, but now it's just not the same. So I think that I'm going to have to say that he's definitely not going to play like he did in that first half. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the addition of Chenault, you got D.D. Westbrook still there to eat up targets. He won't play the way he did in the first half, but I think he can still be a key contributor, and it's not like he's going out of fantasy relevance either. Um, my The third wide receiver star is Terry McLaurin. He was wide receiver 17 weeks one through eight in only seven games because he had a bye. So I think that Case Keenum, um, Case Keenum, when throwing to Terry McLaurin, gave him a, so much better of a, um, sorry, Chris was waving madly in front of the camera, so sorry about that. Um, Terry McLaurin, when given Case Keenum, who is a more consistent quarterback, I think his value skyrocketed. With Dwayne Haskins, he was not doing nearly as well, which was surprising since they both went to Ohio State, but I think near the end of the year, they developed a better chemistry in the NFL. So McLaurin, I think he's inside inside the top 30, although I don't like him as much as other people do because of the stacked wide receiver class. Yeah, and I think he's got potential to be top 20. In one of the mock drafts that me and Calvin actually did, we I think Calvin ended up getting him as a flex, and I think that's really interesting that he would drop that far, and that shows that people don't love him that much. So you can start to see him fall, and I think that he could – I don't think that he's going to be like he was in the first half, but I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle of where he was second half and first half. Yeah, McLaurin, he dropped very far in that draft. It was pretty nuts that I got him. I think I as a flex, um, maybe like sixth round. I forget exactly where, probably mm-hmm. sixth round. Um, so we'll skip the dud, um, who you'll find out next week. 
and the tight end, we've got two. Uh, one of them is not too shocking, and I'm sure you heard his name. Austin Hooper was the tight end one from weeks one through eight by 23.7 fantasy points in half PPR leagues. That's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. I and think you have to know, uh, Austin Hooper had like 90 fantasy points, and the next closest was 70. So when I say 20 points, it's not like 300 to 280. It's 90 to 70. So that's a huge drop off. Well, actually, I think it was, since it was half PPR, it was more like 117 to 94 or something Oh, like yeah, that. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we actually saw stand- standard rankings at first, and then we were like, oops, half PPR. But, yeah, Austin Hooper, he cooled off, and I think I did like him a lot, and I've decided I like him a little less now because I did realize that the Browns do have a lot of targets with Odo Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Kareem Hunt, and I think he won't get the same targets he did in Atlanta. I think he's got a lot of potential if Baker Mayfield decides to rely on him, but I don't know if it's a sure thing that Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. does rely on him. Yeah, I would totally agree. Now this might be the the biggest shocker out of any of these first half stars. I'm not. I didn't mean. I was. I remember seeing him on the waiver wire and thinking I should, maybe I should pick him up. But Darren Fells out of Houston was the tight end eight in weeks one through eight. I mean, that the tight just, end position was pretty bad though. Yeah, but still, I mean, he's a guy that you hadn't even heard of, and I do remember him seeing. I was like. I remember one day I had just been scrolling through and like I was just I, I I forget I was looking up some player like someone with a Darren or something maybe Darren Waller and then I came across Darren Fells and I was like who is this guy and then I realized oh that's not Darren Waller so I moved on and of course the next day I see him score like two touchdowns and he was just a touchdown machine he wasn't getting any targets except for in the red zone and for some reason he was just getting touchdowns consistently. Now, obviously, that's not going to stick around, so I don't think he has really any fantasy value next year. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to stick around. And he was really fell off the map in the second half. So this is a guy you don't have to worry about for fantasy. And this is don't be don't think you're being sneaky when you're getting Darren Fells in the last round of the draft. It's not worth it. You could get a guy, honestly, like Taysom Hill, who has been reclassified as a tight end. And when he was reclassified, I believe it's in full PPR. I'm not sure what he was in half. I think it was like the number 17 tight end when he, you recalculate his stats. So it was actually kind of crazy when you see that for Taysom Hill, who you could argue, I mean, there are new targets in that draft, but you could argue he's actually draftable now as a tight end. So that was kind of nuts when I saw that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill is a guy that he can play so many different positions, but it was really a surprise to see him classified as a tight end. I mean, I guess that's what the Saints would classify him as an organization in the NFL, so fantasy just went along with that. But I now I actually think he's a guy to pick up, and maybe if you're in a tough spot, like the tight ends aren't doing too well like they did last year, I actually think they'll be better. But maybe you're still in a tough spot in the, at the tight end position, and you need you want to get that guy that has the possibility to boom with a touchdown catch, and he has – a possibility to maybe even take some snaps from Drew Brees as a quarterback. I mean, it's in some ways it's almost like he's almost like a super flex kind of guy. And a super flex is basically where you can start a quarterback at the flex position. So that's kind of what Taysom Hill is, you know? Yeah, but he's not a quarterback anymore. So it's like there were a few games where he scored mm-hmm. like around 15, 16, 17 points. Those are great for tight end. There are games, obviously, where he fell off the map. You just got to – it's sort of like a dart throw if you're mm-hmm. in an emergency. And obviously, don't draft a him as a starting tight end. 
but I don't even know that he could be draftable if you're wanting like the Deshaun Jackson of tight ends. Also, Jordan Aikens for Darren Fells. Uh, Jordan Aikens is also there, and he got I think he got more involved in the second half. So he's going to be a guy where um, you're going to have to watch out for him in fantasy. Um, so we're going to skip the dud again. We're going to go defense. And we had the Patriots defense, who absolutely went on a tear in the first half. I believe they set defense records. I'm guessing they did. They sort of cooled off in the second half. But I think that uh, the defense, since it cooled off, and they did have a really easy schedule last year, I don't know if I love them. I think they're my number five defense right now for 2020. Yeah, the Patriots defense, I actually do like them somewhat. I think that they – are one of the top defenses in the league, like we talked about earlier. And I think that's what's going to keep their actual team afloat. So I think that they'll actually be more towards what their second half was, which was still really good. I mean, by no means were they bad in the second half. They were just insane in the first half. So I think that they'll be more like the second half, but I still think that they're definitely a top five defense. Definitely. Yeah, they are definitely a top five defense. It's just, I don't love how they could, um, they won't, I don't think, be the same defense that they were in the first half. Um, we'll skip the dud again. We'll go to kicker. And um, this is uh, this is the last uh, person we're going to talk about today. It's Zane Gonzalez. And Zane Gonzalez was actually tied for the number one kicker in weeks one through eight. He cooled off. But in that prolific offense, I think he's definitely top eight for sure um, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, as a kicker. Zane Gonzalez, I mean, he's been going as like the 10th kicker in some of the mock drafts. And I'm just like... How? They've got a, a totally revamped Cardinals offense that is so good. And then you add and then you have beyond like I said, revamped DeAndre Hopkins. Cliff Kingsbury is a very offensive minded coach. So and he was the number one kicker in weeks one through eight. So I don't understand how you could have him going so late. I think that he really could be a top, maybe even four guy, I'd say. Yeah, I just uh, he's um Definitely a guy who I think is going probably a little bit undervalued for sure. Definitely, um, no, he's going way undervalued. Uh, I think there are guys that I would like all better, I think. The big three, Butker, Lutz, Tucker. You got Matt Gay. You got Greg Zerline. You got Robbie Gold. Youngway Koo is pretty good, although I might put Gonzalez ahead of him. I think I've got Gonzalez seven or eight right now in my kicker rankings. Not exactly sure. But that's it for today's episode. Uh, thanks for downloading and listening as always. I'm sorry this was not coming out Monday night. It will be out Tuesday morning. Um mm-hmm. because we'll we try to have... Yeah, we'll try to remain on the Monday night schedule though. Yeah, we next in the future we are gonna try to remain on Monday. Hopefully I can get my mic fixed for next week. It was really disappointing. Just and then I thought it was working and then I realized it wasn't and uh, it just went like that. So um yeah, guys, thanks for downloading. We really appreciate you supporting us. If you want to review, go to Apple Podcasts. You can click review. Um, I think, it, yeah, go, go to Apple Podcasts, click review. Um, we'll maybe read it on the show. If you have questions about fantasy football, visit us or email us, secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Visit our website, sites.google.com slash view slash secondandgoalfantasy for rankings and articles. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time.